Welcome to the Black Appalachian Coalition's podcast entitled Black Remembering, where we will bring to you the heavy and the hope across the Ohio River Valley. We want to remember who we are, where we've come from. We want to speak to the oral history of what we've done, what we've achieved. We want to speak to the ills that we have experienced while also finding solutions to those problems, those issues. We want to deal with the narrative that has kept us deeply rooted in despair. Now we want to punch through that narrative and stand up and say, we are remembering our black past and we are rooted and we are here to stay. Welcome to Black Remembering. We hope that you find your place, your space, and your voice in this podcast. I'm here with my friend, Cherie Glover, this beautiful soul. Can you go ahead and um, introduce yourself? Yes, ma'am. But my name is Cherie, last name Glover, and I'm a native of Warren, Ohio. And I'm originally from the West Side, uh, Sixth Ward. Um, I am absolutely uh, ecstatic about um, being able to speak about my experience from the Sixth Ward and the West Side, uh, because I did get a chance to meet you once I moved to the East Side. And so living on two different sides of our town was totally two different experiences, but I came out on top by getting to meet you. So uh, here, here I am, you know, just uh, back on the West Side and um, doing my, my humble servant to the community and civic engagement and um, community advocating and uh, also, you know, organizing as well all over the city, but uh, predominantly here in the Sixth Ward on the West Side. So now with Black Appalachian Coalition, right? what we are doing is bringing hope back to the city of Warren. Because I know my experience, but what has your experience be was growing up on the West Side in the Sixth Ward? Sure. So in particular, um, I am from the Parma Heights. Um, That's a very historical uh, landmark for the West Side. And um, most of our parents who bought houses uh, in this area, worked at some of the old steel mills. So, for example, mm-hmm. my dad was a um, long-term employee of LTV Steel. And so um, that's kind of how, like, um, our family ended up on Ferndale. Um, of course, you have other great families that are homeowners um, in the Parma Heights as well that I grew up with. Uh, just to name a couple, that would include the Taylors, the Murrays, the Johnsons, mm-hmm. um, some really, really good folks that came out of Warren um, that lived on the streets that that were athletes, that were scholars, the whole nine. So here I am um, back uh, overseeing my childhood house in the Parma Heights and um just moving into new branches of how we live, how we do things and and being communal over here. I love that, that home ownership. A lot of us don't know much about that because growing up here, like it wasn't taught. 
I always thought it was a bad thing. They made it seem like it was a bad thing. But hey, to each his own. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But you are also or were um your background is in education too, right? So you worked That's in correct. the school system. Yeah. For That's a while. correct. That's yeah. correct. So with the kids, like what's some of the differences that you recognize from the when you were growing up that they they deal with today in particular one of the things that we just was talking about uh being communal um i think that then we were able to be more communal which means uh for me at least that the adults that are in the community have the opportunity to uh guide direct and um you know kind of address a younger person who uh, needs to be redirected correctly and appropriately. And I remember, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, that kind of theory when we were children, but now it's it's hands off. It's no opportunity for those things to occur. And I think that our youth and our our children are kind of self-guided and misunderstood and misinformed. Yes. Absolutely. So it does, it changed the dynamics um, with the adults in the, in the neighborhoods and the children. That's not the same. Like when you were and I were growing up, like it was, everybody knew everybody. And listen, you can get chastised by Vicky over here and Mary over there. Like, and before you got home, your mama knew and you was getting it again. Like, that's right. another thing I wanted to touch on though was the gun violence in the city. How was it in your um, neck of the woods or in the, in the Parma Heights? Well, um, before I touch on that, I wanted to share, uh, since you brought up that uh, educational piece with the youth, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I can say that um, in my experience with being um, in the school systems and working with you, I absolutely had a had to take a lot of training for trauma, for youth trauma. And you'll be surprised the amount of trauma that the youth have now versus then. And um, the goal is to learn how to effectively deal with it as the solution. So I do want to, I did want to say that, that if we inform ourselves better to meet them where they're at now, because we're recognizing that there is a shift and a change and able to deal with their uh, trauma, I think that we would be, get better outcomes. That's what I do want to share about that. Absolutely. So with that being said, do you believe trauma, the trauma began when, with the drug addictions and um, being pulled out of the homes because of the parents and their drug addiction and no one ever really dealing with what the children went through besides they, you know, the parents go to rehab, the parents, you know, can get help, but the children, and that's just one aspect of it uh, because we deal with that heavy in this community is That's community right. is um overdosing and um drug addiction and whatnot but um the children do you feel like the children were missing that help they never had did they get the help or were they getting the help or you know 
And to your point, um, I think that 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 leads to uh, feeling overwhelmed, uh, feeling like you have no choice or your back is up against a wall. And i.e., that's how we're getting to having so many shootings, to your yeah. point. Yeah. And um, people just feel like there's no other way to deal with things. And yes, absolutely. Um, the Sixth Ward is one of the highest uh, areas for crime in our city. And so, uh, you know, these, these outlets, healthy outlets, or um, just opportunities to have the right help and support system are vastly needed Hmm. to answer your question, uh, particularly in this war, uh, to try to combat some of those shootings and things that are going on. And some, you know, safety and uh, safety training on guns and responsibility, you know, all those things are important. You know, we love the youth. <laughs> that's that's our thing. That's how we connected in the first place with the youth. Um, so what what could be some of the things that we could do besides like training and stuff? Because most people ain't trying to get the training. Um, if money was not an object to help these children or help this community as a whole well i mean i think that to to who you are um i think love is the first answer um opening up uh you know the olive branch to be extended to show love and to provide support and guidance um and meeting that person where they're at you can't even help a person if you don't know them or if you don't interact with them so i think that would be like the first step just making it a opportunity to build a bridge and to uh, make a direct connection. Um, I just recall earlier this week, you inspired me to go after this uh, young lady who um, obviously needs some mentorship and some love and support in her life. And I took your lead and her and I are going to get together on Saturday morning and we're going to, we're going to go volunteer her. I'm going to take her and her sister and I'm just going to show them what it means to uh, be a humble servant of the community and she obliged with it. So Amen. just um, as example, just small opportunities like that to make a difference or to impact some, some young person's life positively would be a, a first step in my mind. Yeah. That doesn't cost anything. <laughs> Love don't cost a thing. Honey. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> yep. The more, the better. So I feel like we could do like a whole mentorship program for the kids like one-on-one like growing up we had the brothers the the brothers and sisters program or whatever and that was really worldwide I believe like you see snippets here and there but it's not as a whole to be effective as a whole it's just little pieces hit business but if money wasn't the object honey we could do that we could build that thing out and it can catapult into being something even bigger and it's like you said mentorship because it can teach them how to actually teach them teach them how to um, fill out applications or for housing or um, jobs or whatever like to prepare them see we had help we were being groomed all along but in a healthy way most of I'm not I correct but I remember it if my what my mama didn't have the community did and they played a huge it wasn't just about 
chastising them, right? It us. It was about you know teaching us too, because I learned a lot from others other than the people in my home. So that is huge, right? I love that idea. And it takes more than just one person to impact one individual's life. So even this week when we spoke about it, this young lady is definitely somebody I, I have every intention to introduce to you. Um, to Pastor Rosalind Penn. Um, mm. Pastor Rosalind Penn's story is amazing. She she went to prison, had mm-hmm. children, came out, changed her life, became a pastor. Amen. So it's just people like that yes. um, that are, you know, the same, um, you know, female gender that I'd like to continue to um, have her extend her olive branch to. So Mm -hmm. those are things that I'm going to title as an intervention. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to consider myself an intervention specialist to be able to link uh, these folks to the right sources. So I'm going to do just that. This is what it looks like to bring hope back to the city of Warren. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't got a whole lot of money, but I got some love, I got some integrity, and I got a good heart. So I'm gonna work with what I have and stay in my lane. Bring your gifts and talents, but I feel like everybody have gifts and talents, and it's all about how you choose to exercise them and use them for the greater good. Like I can't go to church and put a whole bunch of money in the offering plate, but I can get out here and be God's foot soldier and spread the love and do the things that. Um, are meaningful to the land and and help prosperity for all. Right. And I thank you. I thank you so much um, for coming and meeting with me. You know, we're going to put everyone's story up on a story map. Okay. So be able to go click on the link to see others' stories also to see, you know what I'm saying, what is right. actually going on around here. This is what it's about. It's the this, this, this support of our Black people. We have to, because if we're not doing it for one another, ain't nobody else going to do it for us. I appreciate you coming on, and we will be in touch. It's so much, Patterson.